since his surgery. He looked kind of like an, an apostle in a robe walking around the nurse's station. Uh, but he's, he's doing well. I think he may get out of the hospital tomorrow. I have to stay in a hotel for a few days there in Houston. And then uh, we'll be coming back. I think we're going to want to get some, uh, we'll be, you'll be hearing from me, we want to get some cooking people, maybe get a meal for them when they drive in on next Saturday. Uh, so they'll have some food there or something. Uh, but we just want to show a little love to them as well. Well, we're doing a series called Detox as we get ready to go into 21 days of prayer. Now, I, Pastor Kathy doesn't like me to say this. I say in January, we, we fast and pray. And I've been saying in August, we feast and pray. But the reality is we need to get some things out of our lives. And, and so it may not be that we're fasting food. We just need to detox. And during the summer... You know, we, we go on vacations, we've been on a conference, have another conference coming up, and, and uh, people stop doing things that they should be doing all along. It's, it's easy when you go on vacation to not do your daily quiet time, to, to leave your little devotional that we buy for you uh, home or, or whatever, to, or to get out of the habit of doing things. Maybe you get out of the habit of coming to church, and, and, and you got all kinds of stuff. In the summer, kids have baseball, they've got all kinds of things, swimming, I used to do the swimming thing. I always thank Jesus that I never had to do the dance class stuff because you had to sit and behave in that swim meets. I could barbecue, you know, I mean, and, uh, and all out there. But, um, you know, we're, so we're, we're going to be coming out of summer. I mean, we stopped doing all kinds of stuff. We don't eat healthy in the summer, right? Uh, when you're outside, you're eating hot dogs, I mean, or hamburgers or all kinds of things. And, and, and we do all kinds of things. Well, fall is a season where we start focusing on the harvest. We come back. Uh, if you're a teacher, you've got to go back to work. If you're a kid, you've got to go back to school. If you're a parent, you've got to get them up for school. And so you start refocusing on some things. And uh, we, want, we want this uh, 21 days of prayer to help refresh us, refocus us as we come out of the summer. We want to refocus on what God wants us to do. Now, we don't, uh, you know, we, although we don't fast in August, we do need to, to detox. Now, another word for detox would be a cleanse. Aren't you glad you came to church today? We're going to talk about cleansing. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about detoxing. So look at this definition of detox. Detox is removal of toxin sub, toxic substances from a living organism. In other words, we're removing things from our life that are toxins in our life. And it might be physically, might be spiritually, could be socially, uh, it could be, uh, you know, in our, in our mind, will, and emotions, those kind of things, soul. So we're going we're gonna to look at that. And, and so uh, I want you to look at this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Paul said this. He said, may the God of peace himself. He said, may God make you entirely pure. That's to get rid of those toxins. We're going to get rid of those toxins. We're going to be pure. Then he said, and devoted to God, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept strong. We want to keep you strong as we go on and, and move on and be blameless until the day the Lord Jesus comes back. He says, may the God himself, he said, make you pure and devoted to God. So that's kind of refocusing from what we've been doing on the summer. We want to get kind of refocused. You know, some, listen, you can't go with the same intensity on one thing all year long. So there's going to be ebb and flow. So summer, people get a little lax on a lot of things. Uh, you know, I'd be preaching in shorts right now if Pastor Kathy had let me, but it might blind your eyes. I don't know. But, uh, you know, some, somebody said, I can't tell where the sock starts and your leg starts. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, uh, 
you know, so I could wear dark socks, but doesn't make me look like an old man or something. But anyway, he, he says we want, wants us to be devoted to God's spirit, soul, and body. So we're going to look at toxins in each of those areas. And, and, uh, and how do we maintain it? How do we get ready for 21 days, and how do we maintain that after 21 days? I, I, I love to read John Maxwell's stuff, and he's got a leadership principle that he talks about called the rule of five. And uh, Maxwell teaches that you need to pick five things that you do every day. Everybody say, say every day with me, every day. So five things that you need to do every day that are fundamental to your success. And, and he gives the illustration of a tree. It's like if you have this big tree in your yard, you take an axe. He said, if you just hit at that tree with that axe five times a day, but you do it every day, eventually you're going to cut that tree down a little bit at a time. You're going to cut that tree down. And that's the principle of the rule of five. Now, John's five are he reads every day. Every day he files away information. Every day he thinks. And every day he asks questions. And every day he writes. Now, we're not writers, so or at least I'm not. So I don't have to do those. But, but we've got to define what is our tree that we need to be chopping on? What is the tree we need to chop on? What are the things that we need to do? The five things that we need to do to be successful Every day. Now, the scripture for foundation for this is Proverbs 17, 24. Second wisest man to ever live said this, an intelligent person aims at wise action. I want you to circle that word aims in your, on your outlines, or if you've got a highlighter, highlight that. He aims, you've got to aim at something, and he's aiming at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. And so uh, we want to aim at wise action. We want our our efforts to count, right? We want to, and so there's some principles that come out of that. It, I, I think the rule of five are these things. These aren't the five, but uh, the rule of five, to do those, you've got to be intentional. You've got to aim at something. You've got to aim at something. You've got to be intentional. And what is that tree that you need to cut down? What are those, what is that thing you need to be working on? You see, you're not going to be successful if you just float downstream. You've got to swim against the current sometimes. And so we've got to be intentional and and, and identify what it is, what's that tree we need to chop on. And then you've got to be practical. Number two is you've got to be practical. I mean, think about that. If I take a baseball bat and try and chop down a tree, all I'm going to do is have sore hands because it's going to hurt. But you take that axe. You've got you to do the right things to move you closer to where you, you need to be. And so, uh, you know, my actions have to be the right actions. It's just not taking some kind of action. I've got to do the right actions. So I've got to... I've got to be intentional. I've got to identify what it is that I need to do. I've got to be practical. And then number three is I've got to be consistent. You've got to be consistent. You've got to swing that axe at that tree every single day. Uh, somebody one time uh, was asked a, a, a guy who's a workout guy, said, what's the best exercise to do? He said, the one you'll do. You know, the one you'll do. And, and so what do, what do we need to be doing? We need to be doing consistently something every day. You know, if, if one of the things is to lose weight, it means I'm eating one less bite every day, right? And, uh, and so somebody, you know, we've, we've got to be consistent. There's things that you can add to your life every day. It may only take a few minutes. It might just be five minutes of prayer in the morning that you add into your life or, or five minutes in the Word, that first 15 or whatever that you add in. And if you'll do it every day, it'll reap big results. And so you want to be consistent. And then uh, if you're consistent, then you can expect Big results. That's the, the outcome of that. If we're intentional, practical, consistent, we can expect big, big results. Now, all of us might have different 
different top fives, you know. Um, and so, you know, another example might be you, you might say one of my top fives, I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to study God's word every day, every day. Uh, I'm going to love those who are close to me, my family, my closest friends. I'm going to love them every day, every day. And then uh, I'm going to try and make a difference in somebody's life every single day. It might be an encouraging word. might be a text or, or something. It might be cutting their grass. I'm going to take care of myself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, what do they tell you on an airplane? If the mask comes down, put it on you, then put it on the person beside you. So what do we need to do? And so every day we need to do these things. Because you see this, this verse says that we need to, to aim at something consistently so what do we need to do and every day we're going to address these things now what i'm fixing to tell you are going to be the rule of five for spiritually why would i say spiritually when we got a spirit soul and body well the spirit impacts all the rest if we get the spirit part right we're going to get the physical part right we'll get this the soul part the mind will and emotions right and so we're going to look at the spiritual part a little bit today we'll do that a little bit more next week but uh, we're spiritual beings in a physical world. I'm not a body that happens to have a spirit. I'm a spirit that has a body. There's a difference. My spirit, my soul is going to go on. My body's going to die and go on the ground unless a rapture happens. And, and so I'm going to get a new one that I can, like, slam dunk on some of these young punks that think they're something, you know. I mean, you know, I'll have springs for legs. Instead of a two-inch vertical leap, it would be a little bit bigger. And, uh, you know, so we get new bodies. But... But we want to we uh, learn these things and take care of our spirit. Matter of fact, the verse, if you look at Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said this, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So what do we do? We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He said, and all these things will be added to you. So we seek first. Everybody say that. Seek first the kingdom of God. And so here's the, here's the rule of five for us. Every day, every single day, acknowledge and thank God. I mean, just get out of bed and acknowledge God and thank Him. Thank Him. You know, I read a story about a guy that says, Lord, I thank you for the day. Lord, I thank you that I hadn't sinned. I hadn't done anything mean to anybody. But, Lord, I'm fixing to get out of bed and I need your help. You know what I mean? But when you wake up, thank Him that you woke up. Find something. You know what I, I found is when I start thanking Him, it just starts rolling. You might get up and say, man, you get up and your knees are hurting, your hips are hurting, your back's hurting. You're going, oh, man, you go into the coffee pot, and you're thinking, what can I thank of? But you know what? When you start thanking him, it just starts rolling. It just starts rolling. Thank him for anything. I think you'll find that you'll thank him for everything. Gratitude changes everything. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. Psalm 145, verses 1 through 3, David said, I will exalt you, my God. And king. What's exalt? I mean, I'll worship you, my God and King. Praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you. Look at this next word. Every day. So what do we need to do every day? We need to worship the Lord. We need to wake up and we need to acknowledge God. We need to acknowledge Him. God, you're the you're the King of the world. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. He said, I'll praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. See, God is good. He's a good guy. read a story a while back. There was an African king, and he had a good friend, and they, they liked to hunt together. And one day somebody loaded the king's uh, rifle wrong, and when he shot it, it blew his thumb off. And his friend always had this way of saying, 
it, that's good. That's good. And so it blew his thumb off, and his friend said, well, that's good. That's good. And, and so um, the king got mad and threw his friend in prison. He said, that's not good. I blew my thumb off. Well, a year later, the king went out hunting, and he was in a dangerous area, and he was captured by cannibals. And so the cannibals were fixing to cook him and eat him, and they noticed right at the end that he didn't have a thumb. And the cannibals are superstitious, and so they let the king go. And, uh, and so the king started feeling guilty about uh, throwing his friend in prison. And so he went and he said, man, I'm so sorry I've had you in prison for this last year. He said, I want to let you out. And his, he said, I'm so sorry about that. And his friend said, no, this is good. He said, how can you keep saying this is good? He said, because if you hadn't thrown me in prison, I'd have been with you. <laughs> Listen, it's all about attitude. And, and the secret to having everything you want is believing that you have it. And so it is good. Everybody say that. It is good. This is good. All right. Number two, every day, every day, talk to God. Every day, talk to God. Every day. Now, I would have said pray, but some of y'all think if I'm praying, I've got to talk in King James. I've got to talk like I live in old England or something. Oh, God, thou art, thou art wonderfulest. You just talk to God. Talk to God. Every day, talk to God. Let me tell you, he, he, God didn't start in Old England. And we can't talk the way God probably would talk if it were Hebrew. <laughs> I can't make those sounds. I mean, just don't come out. But talk to God. Look, Psalm 68, 19 said, Praise the Lord. Praise the God, our, our Savior. For each day he carries us in his arms. And just talk to him every single day. Paul said, Pray without ceasing. We pray. Every day. I mean, lean, lean on God just like Jesus did. I mean, you know, here's, here's some tips. If we pray like Jesus did. Jesus had a specific time, so pray at a specific time. Uh, he got up very early in the morning, some translations say. And I, I, I'm trying to use a translation that doesn't say very early anymore. Psalm 5.3, listen to my voice in the morning. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. See? Jesus prayed at a specific time. You've got to have a time. Now, we pray all day. I mean, you know, uh, Kathy prays all the time when I'm driving. So, uh, you know, and so we pray. If you drive down Manhattan or go across the GNO or whatever, you better be praying. But we need to have a time during the day when we focus some time on prayer. You know, and, and I know some of y'all uh, have long prayer lists that you pray through every single day. But we need to have a, a time where we pray, a, a time where we can get alone and, and pray. And, and for most of us, that's going to be in the morning before you start your day. Jesus also prayed at a specific place. So you want to get in a place where you don't have distractions and interruptions. Uh, you know, where is that for you? The Bible says before daybreak and the, ne the next morning, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. If, if you've got a bunch of kids, you might have to be like uh, Joanna Wesley she would throw her apron over her head. That meant, kids, leave me alone. You might just have to get up early, you know, 15, 20 minutes earlier than anybody else is going to get up in the house so you can have that, that alone, solitary place where you can talk to God. You know, walk, go, maybe go for a walk on the levee or walk the dog. Not right now. It's 95 degrees with 95% humidity. Walk around the mall with some head, headphones on or something. Uh, but, you know, Jesus gives us a pattern. He said, this is how you should pray. In Luke 11, uh, let me, I, I skipped a blank. Let me give you that. 
write, uh, pray with a specific plan. I know some of y'all are about to get up and walk out. <laughs> pray with a specific plan. And the verse for that is Luke 11, 2 through 4. Jesus said, this is how you pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us this day, give us each day the food we need and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. The Lord's Prayer is what I called it. Uh, some people call it thy father when they're growing up. That's a, it's a pattern you can use. Maybe you use the first 15 when you go into your quiet time. You just spend five minutes in praise and worship, five minutes in prayer, and five minutes in the Word. Uh, One-year Bible, that's when we bought those, and we sell those for what we paid for them, uh, so you can pray the Scriptures. You, know, you might pray the Scriptures. I'm usually praying the ones and saying, Lord, please don't let me be like this guy. You know, or, or these devotionals that we, we provide for you. Pray through those. I'm going to introduce a little pattern. I'm going to put this in your, in your prayer thing. This isn't in your notes if you want to jot it down. But there's a good pattern of prayer at the end of a day uh, that Pastor Kathy showed me uh, in a book a guy wrote. And it, and it basically is begin with gratitude. Start, thank God. Look, look back through your past 24 hours and thank God for, for something that's occurred during that time. Uh, the second thing would be be aware, awareness. Uh, look back over the past 24 hours uh, when you weren't maybe the best version of yourself. I don't have to look very far usually. But maybe sometime in the last day when you said, you know, I wish I hadn't have done that or I wish I hadn't have said that or I wish I hadn't have thought that. And, and maybe you identify that and, uh, and talk to God about it and learn from it. Uh, then look, at, look for significant moments in the last 24 hours. What a great way, day to wrap up your your, tw your evening, you're sitting here reflecting on what has been significant to ha that's happened today. Could be small, could be big. Could be small, could be life-changing. But identify some significant moments. Explore what maybe God's saying to you. The next one would be peace. Ask God for forgiveness of any sin you've committed against him or somebody else. Freedom. Speak to God about how he's inviting you to change your life. Freedoms and days. I'm going to give these to you in, in, next week in writing. I just thought I'd introduce some freedom. Speak to God about how he's inviting you to change your life so you can experience freedom and be that best version of yourself. Let me think about that. And then others. Finally, as you're closing out your prayer time, lift up uh, God to anyone you feel, you know, just pray for people, the other people that day as you close out. Man, what a great way to wrap up a day with those things. And, uh, and so uh, we want to pray every day. Everybody say, every day, every day. I'm going to pray. All right, number three, read and submit to the God's Word. Read and submit. I wouldn't just say read, but it doesn't do any good if I just read it and don't do it, right? You know, uh, I don't expect the Bible to change. It hadn't changed in 4,000, 6,000 years, you know. It hadn't changed in 2,000 since the New Testament was written. So... We've, we've got to read. I don't have to interpret it. I just got to do what it tells me to do. And so we read it and we submit it, submit to it. And, uh, and let me tell you, there's, there's plenty of it in real plain. A lot of times we try and overthink it. When it says, hey, you got to forgive people, that's, that's not something you got to figure out. You just forgive them. You might have to figure out the process of how to do it. When it says, hey, show kindness to other people, that's, that's, not, that's not a hidden term. We're to be kind towards other people. You know, when it, when, it, when it tells you to love others, when it tells you to, to, to do things, 
It's telling you that when it says to tithe. It's not saying, well, I want you to give a little bit. No, you're saying I want you to give 10% of what you make. You, you know, whatever God's telling you, you go through that Bible, and there's plenty in there. He tells us directly. Jesus says, hey, look, you got to forgive other people. Let me tell you, that doesn't leave me any wiggle room. I've got to forgive them. Uh, that, you know, and, and so we read and we submit uh, to his word. This isn't in your notes, but it's Isaiah 40, verse 8. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fade. That basically means that everything on this planet is going to fade away and go away. But the word of our God stands forever. Let me tell you, the, the actual physical Bible, governments have tried to get rid of it. Governments much worse than our government or communist government or Russian government have tried to eliminate the word of God, but it just keeps going. He said, my word will, will stand forever. And, uh, it, and let me tell you, it doesn't change because it doesn't have to. Joshua um, told the people, said, study this book of instruction continually. Study this book. Guys, we've got to read the Bible. We've got to study it. And we've got to submit to it. He said, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. You know what that means? I'm thinking about what it's saying and how it applies to my life. And what is he telling me to do? What is he telling me to do? And you meditate on that and you apply it into your life. And then he says this, and be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Don't, you know, sometimes I wish he'd have left that part out. Because it's not always easy, is it? It's usually pretty simple. It's just not always easy. You know, I mentioned tithing a minute ago. I remember one time I looked at my checkbook many, 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 many years ago. And if I wrote my tithe check out, I wasn't going to be able to pay my house note. And, and, you know, I was young. I was thinking, they're going to come get my house. I mean, they'll come get my house this month. I mean, you know, but, but I wrote that tithe check out. You know what happened? God provided more than enough money I needed to pay that house note by giving me some extra work to do. See, what I learned was God worked in my life, and he said, I'm more than enough. So we just obey what he said. We meditate on it. and We obey everything written in it. And then here's what he says at the end. Only then will you prosper and succeed. How many of y'all want to prosper? Then what do we need to do? We need to study, meditate, and obey. We need to study, meditate, and obey. When, he's, when he says flee uh, sexual immorality, when he says speak the truth in love, when he says be kind, when he says forgive, we need to do that. Then we will prosper in everything we do. And I, I, I want to prosper, so we need to, we need to do that. We need to study, meditate, and obey. The psalmist says this, blessed is the man, or, you know, hey, good things are happening, blessed, happy is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But look, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the word of God. That's for us today. Our delight, do you delight in the word of God? Do you do you like reading it? Do you read that thing expecting God to say something to you? Don't read a King James Version. Get you a version that you can understand. I mean, I've got a seminary degree. I've got a master's. I've got theology classes. I hate the King James, the old one. I don't hate it. I just can't understand it. This is like my tongue. It must be from Georgia. I can't read it well, you know what I mean? And, and, and so I want one I can understand what it says. And, uh, and so, you know... Uh, you want to read that thing. He said, blessed, he delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night, every day. Every day, we're going to meditate on the word of God. 
And, and he's like a tree planted by streams of water. You know what that is? That's a big old tree that's growing because it's got water coming up. It's been fed and all that. We got a pecan tree. And Pastor Kathy keeps saying, you need to water that thing, you know, or we're going to not get any pecans, you know. And, and, uh, and so it's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. You want to you wanna not wither away? Meditate, study, and obey. And it says, whatever he does prospers. It works. Let me tell you, it works. My mama lived to 99 years old because she was doing this, you know. You don't have to do it all day, just every day. 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever. Number four, we're going to maintain meaningful relationships. There's no long, Lone Ranger Christians. And I hear people say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't like Christians. You can't do that. Jesus said, if you love, love me, you'll obey me. He says, gather with other Christians. You can't hate his people and love him. You can't say, well, I don't like your brothers and sisters. Not like you. No, it doesn't work that way. We've got to have meaningful relationships. We need. I think if one thing that COVID showed us last year is we weren't meant to be alone. God said that, right? We weren't meant. Overdoses, suicides, highest ever recorded in most countries around the world because of the isolation. We weren't meant for that. And, uh, and, and so uh, we've got to maintain meaningful relationships. And Zoom just doesn't quite cut it. Facebook doesn't just quite cut it. That's why they're high anyway, because people think they're connected because they're doing social media. Folks, nothing beats face-to-face. Nothing beats sitting across a table eating with somebody. Nothing beats shaking somebody's hand or fist bumping or whatever, seeing each other in person. Hebrews 3.13 says this, but encourage one another, what? Daily. Every day. Encourage each other. I changed the translation because I don't like that word warn it means to encourage each other every day encourage each other to do good as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness we don't want anybody to be hardened by sin and 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 or isolation we want to encourage each other every day every single day so we want to maintain uh relationships in september we're going to start back our small groups my small group will start back on Tuesdays, others will start back. The, the Saturday lunches, I think, will start back in September. Uh, we'll start some other small groups in September. And uh, we're going to refocus, and we want, we want people to get in those small groups. A small group is not 25 people. A small group is six or eight people. You know? And so when we had groups on Monday night, it was like, it's not, a, it's not about getting a bunch of people. You might say, hey, I'd like to do something. Uh, for people that work night shift or something. And we, we'll train you how to lead a small group, but we want to maintain meaningful relationships because seeing a meaningful relationship in that small group, you can, as you build trust with those, those members that are coming, you can, you can say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just struggling in this area, and you can do that. And uh, you can build those, those connections. And, uh, and so we want to acknowledge and thank God, talk to God, read and submit to his word, maintain meaningful relationships, and, uh, and then finally, number five, we want to surrender our life to the Lord. Surrender my life to the Lord every day. Look what, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. He said, I die every day, every day. He said, I die to myself every day. 
He said, I mean it, brothers, just as surely as I go over you in Christ. He said, I die every day to my own desires. I die every day. What do we need to put to death? Maybe we need to put to death some pride. Maybe we need to put to death some attitudes that we have. Uh, maybe there's a lot of attitudes in our culture that need to be put to death. What do we have that we need to put to death? What do we need to put to death in, every day? Maybe it's our opinions. See, Jesus died to set us free. And, and, but we've got to surrender to him. We've got to surrender to him. Luke 9.23, Jesus said, it said, Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must what? Deny himself. Means I'm gonna die every day. I'm gonna deny my my physical desires for ice cream, cake, whatever else. Could be alcohol. Could be drugs. Could be pornography. We're gonna deny ourselves. Then he says this. He must deny himself. Take up his cross. That simply means to surrender to Jesus. Daily, I'm going to surrender to Jesus. I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to follow what Jesus is wanting. And then I'm going to follow him. So we're going to surrender to the Lord. Deny myself. Take up my cross. I'm going to follow Jesus. He says, then we'll find life. We'll find life. He he goes on to say in in that passage, he said, those who want to keep their life will lose it, and those who will give up their life will find it. That's where we find purpose. So we want to we today, we want to make sure we're going to acknowledge and thank God every day, right? Everybody say, every day. every 